Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. We've got Percat hunting down Jamie Winkup. Down the inside comes Percat. Change for the lead. Nick Percat leads and he did it beautifully. Two quarters remain now for Nick Success for Percat at Sydney Motorsport Park. Well done, Nick Percat. That was one of the best races we've seen for a long time, Propo. That's right. He joins us once again from Brad Jones Racing, the KG veteran of Brad Jones Racing. Please welcome back to the driver's seat, Nick Percat. Or Snoop Dogg, either one. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. How are you going, bro? What a sensational weekend and what a great return to racing. I've had about three chicken palmers since for the chicken dinner, just to make sure. Um, no, I'm good. I'm good. It was a good weekend for us as a team, so it was, it was cool to get a win. So, um, yeah, hopefully we go back by the looks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we're going to obviously push on with a bit, that a bit later on too, yeah, which well. is going to be – it's tough times in there. So are you going to – you know, we'll get onto it further, but are you going to leave now, Nick, for two weeks or what's the story? <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not in the hospital. I'm, I'm all right. I, and I think I think is. that's the thing. I don't think anyone knows sort of definitively no what the where you got to go, what yeah. you got to do. Yeah. You know, Steve and I are, are, are racing at Sandown in when is it September? September. We're both trying to work out whether we're going to be able to get there. So I mean, Victoria is a hard place at the moment, and in some ways, Nick, I feel. Um, all the controversy now about whether Winton's going to go ahead and whether you go back to SMP is kind of taken a little bit of the fire out of your win on the weekend because it's been a long time since we've seen anyone else on the podium. I mean, 30 races, I think, you broke the drought yeah. and, uh, and, and flew the flag for BJR. Funnily enough, Brad wasn't there and you won. How good? <laughs> oh, yeah. Not good for him. <laughs> um, but it was... Um... Yeah, it's amazing. Obviously, four years since Slady had that breakthrough weekend with the team, and then um, we've had many podiums since between myself and Slady. But uh, yeah, having a breakthrough for a win, so it was, it was awesome. I didn't realise that the two big dog teams had such a stranglehold on that top step for so long. So yeah, it was cool. Um, boys gave me a good car. Brad got to watch it via TV and FaceTime. I saw with Laco, and uh, yeah, it was cool. It was good that they all got to enjoy it and. Um, you know, we on Monday night after debrief, we all had a, a few drinks at, around the team and um, just to celebrate it because obviously the whole crew's not there. There's no park for me where I, they can go um, to celebrate with me. There's no podium. So, um, yeah, yeah, we did our own little private one at, uh, at the workshop, which was, which was nice. So, mate, uh, 2011 Bathurst winner and 2016 Clipsaw 500 winner, which is obviously single driver race. What was better out of Clipsal and uh, SMP on the weekend? Um, 
hard because it's obviously the Adelaide win, being an Adelaide boy and stuff like that. And yeah. doing it with Lucas Umbrell with such a small team and Lucas being one of my good friends, um, that's extremely special. Um, and obviously that race is huge, you know, as a single driver race. But then, you know, the way the weekend was that we we rolled the car out well. So the work we did coming into SMP was quite good. Um, and then the way we uh, went about our weekend and tuned the car and um, the strategy we played, I think, you know, that was very satisfying to have such a solid overall weekend. Um, we knew we were in a good spot after race one when, you know, I finished fifth. I was the first guy on the road that didn't take four tyres. Um, and then we knew we had, you know, a bit of freedom with our strategy. So we always planned one of the one of the races on Sunday. We're going to go for the win, and uh, it just turned out it was the first one on Sunday. So it was um, yeah. it was really cool. But I think when you when you actually look at it and you look at your stats for the weekend and your your results, I think you know what's I guess exciting about that win is not just the win is the whole weekend because you didn't qualify outside the top eight in all three races and your worst result was a P9 in race three, which I'm assuming was down to the fact that you sacrificed for race two. So, um, but still being able to finish three races in the top 10 and and apart from that P9, you were top five. So, I mean, that's, that's massive, isn't it? Like for your results wise and for your confidence for the team. um, And, and as you know, SMP is a bloody hard track to, to make sure that your car's right. If your car is not right there, you've got no chance. Yeah, exactly. And for us, even that last race being ninth, you know, we sacrificed a, you know, even a position with Todd because he had the good tyres and was hoping he would push through. And um, that probably stopped my charge a little bit into that little frosty Reynolds battle. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we actually had potential to probably be in the top five every single race, which is mega. Mm. Um, we are third for the weekend. Um could, could speed across all the cars, uh, especially with Todd. And, you know, Maka had really good pace and practice. And that place, like you say, is extremely hard to get right. And if you don't have a good flow there or a good idea of what you need to be fast there, it is hard to be quick, um, especially with the, the tyre dig and how you use the tyre. So, um, you know, I was just proud of the whole team, all the guys and girls that they've, you know, in this very awkward time of uh, COVID that they've, you know, dug deep and um, we got things on the cars that we've been working on and um, we understood our package well and uh, managed to execute a good weekend. So, Nick, your your place in the team right now, I mean, you said you just said your, your teammates there, you've got Todd Hazel, Jack Smith and Macaulay Jones. I mean, you're the team leader there now. As, as Nimsy said, the cagey <laughs> veteran of BJR. Uh, is it, <laughs> you're 30, what, 30 years cage. of age? Ultimate. <laughs> yeah, old, old at 30, my God. 30 years of age. And, and a team leader, do you feel that role? Do you feel like you're in that role or do you just feel like you're one of the team or are you pulling those guys in a direction that's that's benefiting the team? Um, I've probably... Kind of ended up in that position for a little bit now. It's um, you know the the setup and stuff like that, and the development. I guess I'm a big part of. Um, mm-hmm. And then obviously now having yeah Todd on board, who's never really had a teammate. He's he I would say he's leaning on me a little bit, which is which is fine. Um, yep. And you know he's getting used to the car and the team. So yeah, I think and you know and Macca and and Jack, I try and guide them where I can. I tell Jack to go to appearances and stuff like that, which, which he's off the hook with now. But uh, yeah, you know, we try and help him understand what's going on. And um, yeah, yeah, he's not these guys. I guess 
yeah, they're not walking into an easy job. You know, it's so tight at the front and it's hard to be there. And um, yeah, I think it, it's good. And I enjoy the, um, I guess, the leadership kind of role. And I work mm-hmm. hard to behind the scenes with all that stuff. And um, I like having good input in the way the car is set up because uh, at the end of the day, it only benefits me. So um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, if we get a, work well as a team, we definitely get good results. And um, on the weekend, we had a few little directions going on. And at the end of the day, we all said, whatever is the best one come, you know, after practice or Saturday night, we all go to it. And that's what ended up happening. And, and interestingly on that point, we're set up. One of the things that we, that we, that was changed for SMP boys was that there was uh, a lot less data, a lot less sensors on the car. Do you reckon that helped your team combat the big teams like DJR and, and, uh, and triple eight, did not having that data equalise the field a little bit more for you, do you reckon? Yeah, I think so. I think the big thing to look at is, um, say, the lap time we all achieved in qualifying on Saturday, then to come out the next day, and there wasn't that big jump. You didn't see a few cars or teams find half a second. Like, I just matched the time I did on, on Saturday, and I think that's yeah. what a lot of them did because it was an awkward one. You You didn't want to change too much on the car because it was, for me, I thought it was better off knowing what you had a little bit, being the first one back and being able to execute a good lap with that one shot with the tyres and stuff like that. So I think it was good. Um, I enjoy that that more raw, um, just give you information to the engineer and let him do his job. Um, I didn't look at any data for the weekend um, wow. at all. I didn't do a track map uh, at all. Wow. Um, my notes were simplified and um, actually emailed to my engineer to get them to him. So he's just on his laptop because he's there at the data bahal. Rather than me annoying him, it, they just came through in three dot points. He he took them and, and off we went. But yeah, I thought it was quite, it was good because I kind of treated it like you would with the big go-kart race meeting. You know, the track was rubbering up differently to normal because there's no yeah. support categories. It was only our tyre. You know, we came into that last race and um, we knew we were going to have rubbish tyres, but we still tuned the car in a direction of the track rubbering up. Um, where I think, you know, other people might have got caught out and, uh, you know, done things to the car to combat an old tyre where I went the other way. I was like, no, nah, we're getting more rubber down. There's no sun. The track's getting more grip, so we should be able to keep continuing in a way that is kind of traditional. So um, I enjoyed that, and it's a bit more, I guess, uh, down to the driver and his engineer, a good understanding and um, just general race car stuff. Not as much engineering propeller head stuff. It's more <laughs> we need more turn stiffen the rear of car. No, very simple things like a go-kart <laughs> kind of a Formula Ford changes. You know, it wasn't all these crazy different um, damper clicks and bump steers and all these other stuff that we get caught up in in geometries. It was none of that. It was just really simple yeah. stuff, which was good. Mate, um, moving to, I know, you know, there's a fair chance, um, as I said earlier, we, we'll probably talk about this more a bit later on the show with regard to Winton and what's happening there. Um, but, so you're going to Winton. It's a track very different to SMP, a lot less tyre deg. Um, yep. Do you think that format with regard to not as many tyres and that sort of thing will, will work and create that sort of racing at, at a place like Winton? There definitely won't be... It won't be as racy um, because Winton doesn't have the tyre deg. Um, yep. you know, last year, for example, I think I was running fifth... Um, and there was a late safety car, or six, and we actually pitted and put quality-only tyres on it, and I only made up five spots after that safety car restart. Yeah. Um, and I was 
you know, there was people with huge, like massive tyre difference to me. And I just couldn't get through because of the way you can place the car at Winton. Um, there still is a lap time difference if you had a clear lap. But it's just yep. very, very easy to defend at Winton and be a pain in the ass to, to go behind you. Um, but I think, I think it'll still be quite racy. We can still pass there. Um, you just have to be quite aggressive. So we might see a, a few blokes being turned around or something like that. But you probably, um, probably Darwin would probably be more, more similar to yeah. SMP, I think. Don't you think? Very hard to yeah, defend Darwin. there when you've got rubbish tyres. You can pretty much just drive around someone if you've got really good, good rubber. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think as a category, if there's other things we can do to enhance tyre deck while there's no fuel and stuff like that, I think um, that would definitely be on the table. Moving forward as a category, obviously it's not going to happen tomorrow, but um, I think we've definitely seen a direction that we probably should take the category. And I think everyone enjoyed the fact that it was so close between practice sessions and races and it was just go, go, go. Yeah. And then you just kind of get to the end of it. And you're like, okay, wow, we've done two practice sessions qualifying in a race and a top 10 or top 15 shootout. Yeah. All right, see you tomorrow kind of thing. Like it was, <laughs> it, was good. Um, it was good to be that busy and um, just fire through it, I think. What was what was the vibe like, Nick? Because, you know, there were, we're in the mid- in the middle of all this COVID thing. There's no crowds were there, which from a television spectating point of view, didn't really you didn't notice. Didn't it. notice it. What was it like from from your point of view? Was it like going back to a state race meeting twenty years ago, or was it? What was the feeling like? What was the vibe? Um, the first thing I noticed that all the teams, that, you know, we weren't allowed to socialise with each other, but you know, you could yell out to people or just passing. I just noticed how how happy everyone was, which is really good to see. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, be happy to be back racing and doing their, what they love, be it the mechanics, engineers, or drivers. Um, and then for me, you know, the actual atmosphere there, I didn't notice that there was no one there because, like I said, we'd get there in the morning, probably have an hour or so before first practice or qualifying, whatever day it was. And then once you started that, it was like session done. Quickly tell your information to your engineer, have a drink kind of get back in it, you know, like it wasn't mm. like we had time just to say a state race where you'd do a race at 9am and not be back on until two. Um, yeah, it was yeah. just go, 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 go. And then the only time I noticed it was, like I said, with the, the podium, there was no crowd there, no teams, no, my crew yeah. wasn't there. And the best thing was the, the guy who waved the chicken flag and the flag is at the end of the straight there uh, with the first um, flag marshal box. They like, Good work, Nick, and gave me a clap, so that was nice. <laughs> <laughs> and no autograph sessions and no, no PR things and no media call. Well, there would have been no, a few actually, media things. Actually, yeah, it was Zoom, nice to it? see all the – yeah, there was a press conference on Zoom. But it was nice to see all the other teams actually came out and appreciated that – no offence to DJ Red Bull – that someone else had won. It, you know, I had a lot of texts from other team owners and members saying, thank God, like, yeah. well done. Um, so that was cool to see when I came down pit lane that everyone appreciated the – how hard it is to beat those two. Hey, mate, just on a, on a smaller scale of, 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 of your, importance. I can see your face. What are you about to ask? No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just thinking of other things outside of just the racing. You know, obviously, when you go to a racetrack uh, and you're part of a race team like BJR or DJR or whatever it might be, um, it, even little things like the catering. There's a massive big catering yep. tent out the back. BGR obviously normally have got a huge amount of people there, you know, cooking for yep. that meant, you know, a lot of staff. Same with other teams like um, DJR, Red Bull. They, they, you know, they're in the same sort of area. I mean, what did you guys do there? Like, I mean, did you just roll over to the pie stand and grab a, a Dagwood <laughs> dog? And what's, a, what's the go? A Dagwood uh, dog. Yeah. <laughs> right 
<laughs> it was it was different. So um, I'm not sure if every team was the same. I think we were because we all stayed in the same hotel um, yep. to control the not seeing anyone else in the public, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. So I actually ordered my um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner two weeks before the event. Um, <laughs> wow. That's a dream for Steve. <laughs> Um, no, it's not because yeah. there could be there could be an update in burgers by the time I get there. So I'm gonna be spewing if I miss the like um, the cheesy McChicken or something. I'll be buggered. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So yeah, after the first breakfast, I realised that the uh, it was shit house. But luckily, I brought a bunch of uh, stuff from home, so I was doing my own breakfast. But anyway, they just delivered my pasta, which I normally have. I brought a loaf of bread and some peanut butter on the way to the circuit one day. So I was having that as a snack um, and some fruit. And then, yeah, dinner was just like, it was ordinary at best. I'll be polite to them. We, might have, to go, we have to go back now, it sounds like. Um, <laughs> yeah, just be careful, mate. They I might just, be listening. Yeah. Just choose differently. Send, send me the yeah. uh, the food thing. For, I'll choose your food. You'll love it. Trust me. Hey, I, tried to have, I tried having a bacon and egg burger for breakfast, and it was... Uh, Terrible. Oi. Oh, yeah. Oi. Hey, hey, hey. You almost went just a touch Dave Reynolds. Just there. Reynolds <laughs> I tell you oh, what, boys, no. in all seriousness, I was reading today in one of the one of the websites that when when the new format was done and it was gone down to two day race meetings instead of like a Thursday and a Friday, the whole catering thing, some they're gonna be saving like each team approximately $60,000 on catering. Wow. I mean, we haven't seen that kind of saving since Steve Johnson retired out of supercars and DJR's catering bill <laughs> went down by about 67. <laughs> look at, look so at you. you. <laughs> what a comedic genius. <laughs> no, but... Go on, mate. you got to keep going here. Well, right. no, I mean, he dropped the bike I mean, and he's left, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> Now, what I'm saying, though, is is the cost savings that have been yeah. applied, when it's all yeah. when it all washes out at the end of the year, it's going to be quite incredible. Yeah, I reckon um, it's going to be a fair bit cheaper, to be honest, uh, yeah. which is exactly what we need. We need um, good racing and much cheaper racing. Um, so, yeah, they'll come up with a new way of making sure everyone's fed correctly. But obviously, in this time, it's limited what they could do and how, how they could bring food in and all that kind of stuff. So... Um, yeah, I think everything they're doing to implement cost cuts is uh, exactly what we need. So um, Do you want to it's exciting, I think. Do you, would you, what's your suggestion on well, ways that they could further cut costs? Well, I think they've already saved that much already on, you know, just, just travel and hotels and all that sort of stuff with days, like days and days less and people less. But yeah, also, perfect. you know, Nick, I mean, I've been very, very vocal in saying that the current car is way too expensive to build and way too expensive to run. So that the next gen of car, supercars, needs to really be careful with what they do and how they do it because the car needs to be a much cheaper car to, to purchase or build and a much cheaper car to run to make it viable for most teams. Yeah, I um, I don't know much about the costings of what it costs to run one and stuff like that, but um, I think yeah, like you say, with the how many days are at the track, I flew in mm. uh, Friday lunchtime and I was gone again Sunday, so um, obviously two nights away rather than some events where they're Wednesday till Monday. Yeah. Like that's just crazy. You think how many people these teams take away to put them in a hotel room, feed them, send all that kind of thing for three days before the event and the day after is just out of control. So I love the fact that, 
like say if we go to Winton, I'll get there Saturday morning and yep. race the thing and come home Sunday night. So I think I think it's good, and um, I don't know if it's ever possible, but to have nearly like a standalone supercar weekend, and then the, all the sport categories have their own standalone weekend would be even better because we would all be there less time. Um, but I don't know if that's possible. But um, yeah, I think the less time we can spend just standing around, the better. <laughs> Totally agree. Speaking of standing around, mate, we've got to, we're going to let you go. But uh, if you're a Nick Percat fan and you feel like a buying a significant piece of Nick Percat memorabilia, you're selling your bike. You're pushing your roadie. <laughs> wait, oh, I mate, see on Facebook mate, today. What's what's time. that going to be? Sold the sim, selling the bike. <laughs> no. Yeah, sold the uh, simulator's already gone. Oh wow, yeah, that, sim's that gone, bike's go. gone. <laughs> no, no, the bike is. Um, so I have a deal with the bike shop in Adelaide in Savello. Um, so it gets changed over every six months. So. I just advertise it as they do as well, and it gets put in a box and sent back to Adelaide unless someone buys it in Victoria, and I'll hand it to them. So I'll have a, I'll have the same bike back here in a few days. So lucky, I'm just lucky. I don't have good to, to be own a race it. driver in it. Hey, how good's that? And uh, just in case anyone's listening uh, in Adelaide on 1629 SENSA, the address of that place, Nick, is. Uh, so it's uh, Bicycle Express. We get the Nick Percat special, that bike. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Never ridden on weekends. <laughs> it's done about 19,000 kilometres, though. Have you seen how much he rides? No. What yeah. a whippet. Like, he's so thin. Four and a half thousand. If I go, I'm getting an e-bike. Then I can go riding with him. How do you not know that I haven't sneakily put a little motor Ooh. down in the crank? Ooh. Oh, how yeah. do you think I do these case? Tour de France special. Yeah. I'm just getting a motorbike. Yeah. Like, I don't want to do any pedaling. Just give me a motorbike. That's going to be one of those motorbike riders at the Tour de France that smashes into all the bike riders. Yeah. That's me. Yeah, smart. Yeah. <laughs> hey, well, Nick, we, we appreciate you jumping on board the driver's seat, mate. Uh, as, you, as you said, you, it wasn't just team owners and fans. It was almost everyone when you crossed that line. In fact, when you did that pass on Jamie... I think the entire country was willing you to uh, <laughs> go past that finish line, mate. So congratulations on the win. It's a great one to add to the resume. And uh, thanks for joining us on the driver's seat once again. No worries. Thanks for having me. And thanks for updating the uh, intro. Well played. <laughs> no worries, mate. I'll look forward to updating it again when you grab a couple more, uh, snag a few more wins. But uh, Nick Furcat joining us here on the driver's seat. We'll take a quick break. Back with more right after this. Sorry about the noise. My neighbour's sanding his deck. My motto? Don't work on your deck, play on it. Life's good with a Trex deck. Low maintenance with a 25-year residential warranty. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.